Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Ask me, ask Eliza anything, it's time to ask. Ask me all your questions, leave them in the Instagram another episode of Ask Eliza Anything, the show where we take to the people and we ask the people, what do you want to know? How can I help you? And we, we do the best we can to give you uh, funny answers to your serious questions or serious answers to what you thought was a funny question, but you were wrong. Joining me today is a good friend of mine. She's also a author, a, an author, uh, creator of the show Famous in Love on Freeform and her new book, The Dinner List. It's probably out by the time I by the time this airs. September. Yeah. So her new book, The Dinner List, is out. You guys, it's my friend Rebecca Searle. Thank you for hey being here. Hey guys. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. We met when I had a show at Freeform, Rest in Peace. Yeah. R.I.P. Famous in Love. And I you mean, were very nice to me. And famous in love. The whole network. Yeah. And you were very cool to me. <laughs> and I was like, but this girl's cool. And she's like a real author and she has her own TV show. And it's fucking dope. No, you're way cooler than I am. It's good, though. It's working out, this friendship of ours. Our friendship working out. You said something to me the other day that was so funny. I've told <laughs> it to everyone. You probably don't remember what you said, but we were talking about um, what we want to watch on TV. Right. Because yeah, no. you were telling me that you want to create shows that you want to watch. Yes, desperately. Desperately. What I, do you I think watch? I'm going to step on what you're saying, though. Yeah. I, I want to watch fun, romantic comedies. I want to mm-hmm. watch them on television. I want to watch the shows that I grew up with. Like, I want to watch... WB shows. I want to watch Dawson's Creek. I want to watch Gilmore Girls. I want to watch Gossip Girl. I just, I want my shows with 100% less murder. <laughs> you go, you were like, uh, everyone is getting, you were like, literally 100% of shows are about murder. Everything's on fire all the time. All the time. Constantly. I have since taken that and I've said it for myself. Yeah. Everything's no. on fire all the time. Everything is on fire all the time. And I feel like, why do we need that in our entertainment also? It doesn't, because, and I thought, of, after you said that, I was like, wow, everything I watch involves someone yeah, dying. Yeah, And They're like, what's the twist going to be? You're like, well, definitely murder. A woman gets murdered. Yes. Because when a man gets murdered, it's like, yeah, it happens. Oh, yeah. But a yeah. woman. Yeah. Like, I'm watching Sharp Objects, which I keep calling Sharper I, Image. I don't know. See, I don't understand how people do them th- that to themselves. Like, I don't, people watch Handmaid's Tale, and it's. It's just, it's like shocking and appalling to me. Like, I, I cannot understand it. It's Why up you there, put yourself through that? It's up there with a snuff film. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah, brutal. It's brutal. brutal. Okay. So people have asked some questions, and I have hand-picked certain questions that Fabulous. I felt would be good for you as a guest because I am I'm, I'm a professional. Okay, great. A.K. Malloy, 1121. I know these numbers mean something to you guys, but they're weird to read. Are these from, ever, like, Twitter, Instagram? This is mostly from Instagram okay. because I forgot that I put this on Twitter and never, <laughs> never called those answers. Uh, they're also on Facebook. Great. A.K. Malloy, 1121, says— What's your opinion on women being told that after a certain age we have to dress a certain way? Like, you look old enough to be a mom. Now dress like one. How dare you try to look cute or sexy? I'm not I'm not into it. I feel like you should wear what makes you feel good at any age. My my mom actually said something like this to me recently about herself. She was like, I just can't wear shorts anymore. My mom's like hot. My mom's 70. She's like amazing. She's so gorgeous. And I was like, if they make you feel good, wear them. Also, if it's hot. Yeah, exactly. What is this, Saudi Arabia? Yeah, she was wearing like these like weird culottes. And I was like, you know what? Those are not cute. Shorts are cuter than that. Wear shorts. But are you okay? But then like, so I think we say that. We're like, yeah, just do you, be independent. But then if you see a 70-year-old in cutoff shorts, like Daisy Dukes, 
there is that, like, cringe factor where you're like, what are you doing? Yeah, a little bit. But I do, like, I think we sort of have to stand behind it, though. Like, if I think you, if I think if you say that confidence is, like, you know, the sexiest thing in a woman, which I believe that it is, mm-hmm. like, somebody who really owns it, then you just, you kind of have to get behind it the whole way. For everyone. Because here's the thought. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Or just keep your fucking comments to yourself. Yeah. That. That. This. For sure that. Is why we have a garbage society. Yeah. All you have to do, if you see an old woman in cutoffs, Uh all you have to do is not verbally shame her to her face. Yeah. Just don't comment. But yes, exactly. By the standard, she can wear them and you cannot say anything and everyone goes home happy. Yeah. The end. Who's hurt? Everyone feels good. No one goes home and tries to kill themselves. Yes, agreed. So that's agreed. the answer is just don't be a garbage chicken to everyone you meet. Uh, this one I felt like was kind of a you question because I feel like you deal with like um, young adult yes. books mm-hmm. and young people and you've got a finger on the pulse of it. Dip maker. Come on now with the names. Why do people take videos of the screens at a concert? It's like taking a video of a YouTube clip. Hashtag young people. You can't make up your own hashtag on my show. They wrote that in. What do you think that's about? <laughs> Hashtag young people. That's great. Hashtag young people. Such an old person thing to write. I don't. I. I. Don't, you know what? I don't know, but I will say I went to a, a Justin Timberlake concert. Like I don't know, two months ago here in LA, and mm-hmm. I did the same thing because like, it's I so fully big. did it. Because okay. it's so big. And also, I think that there is something—I think this probably is particular to Instagram story, this question. Maybe not. I don't know. But, like, there is something about being physically there and showing people that you're physically there. Mm. I don't know. That, like, mm-hmm. feels important and feels like some kind of shared experience. I think this whole social media thing is still an experiment. We're sort of, like, figuring out yeah. what we give a shit about. Yeah. Um, but I did it. I did it. You did it. Was it a clear picture or was it like blurry? It was a clear picture. Well, it's a weird thing because you're like, would you rather take, would you rather have me take a video of Justin Timberlake as like a speck on the screen, which like, even if you have good tickets, like that's what he looks like on your phone or like him giant on a, on a, on a thing. Or probably the answer is neither, but I opted for the screen. Okay. Well, I think it's two parts that we've gotten into now because I think. People, we do have this need to show, look what I'm doing, look how great my life is, look where I am, can you believe it? Yes. There's that. There's that. But there's also the fact that at a concert, I am watching the screen. At a basketball game, I am watching it. Like, I have to remind myself not to watch the Jumbotron. Right. I think things are just better through screens because you think you're getting a premium experience. (laughs) You think you're getting a premium experience. You don't realize that, like, they'd be giving you, they'd be, like, serving you all the angles if you were just at home watching. Right. Yeah. I could be at home. I could be seeing it yeah. through a produced lens. Correct. But, of course, the energy wouldn't be the same. Like you, I do. St- I, I think we do, like, less and less. And I, so I feel like I want to support us still, like, going out and engaging in things. Because mm-hmm. I feel like so much of life now is set up around just, like, being home and post-mating stuff and watching. Yeah. Right. So, like, it's good. Like, keep going to concerts, kids. Keep going to concerts. Keep coming to see comedy shows. Yes. Keep coming to see comedy shows. But that being said, like, if Crazy Rich Asians was just beamed in my house, I'd watch it yeah. immediately. Versus, yeah. I gotta buy a ticket. I gotta go. It was fun. See, I mean, I loved it. I saw it. Last I wanna week. see it. I it was so it. good. But I like seeing it in the theater because people were like ooing and aahing and clapping. It was nice. I will say, that I went to a screening of a movie that I was, of Instant Family. It's out in November. Yeah. And we went to a screening and it was cool. This sounds selfish, but, like, to watch me get a laugh, but it wasn't live. Like, yeah. it was on screen. Yeah. And that was very surreal. Um, but I think— Have you experienced that particular thing before this? No. No. I was in one other movie. I don't know if I got a laugh, but I also didn't see it. Right. Like, in theaters. I think I went to the screening of it. And different than, like, watching your special and having—like, seeing the Oof. reaction. That you don't do. <laughs> okay. But I think— Onward. Onward. I think the reason we all want everything delivered to our house is because everything outside is such a fucking nightmare. Yeah. The parking, the tickets, the validation. I'd say everything's on fire. Everything is on fire all yeah. the time. Can I have that? Sure, that's yours. It's going in the new it's special. It's my gift to you, my friend. That's all I wanted. Okay. Everything's on fire all the time. Okay. Joe, Jay Rodian, Gerardian, at Gerardian says, I'm dating a girl for a few months now. She's super sweet. Mm-hmm. Ooh, get ready to get fired yeah, up, Rebecca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she talks a bit too much. Ay, In regular conversation, she would tell a story and unnecessary details, uh, an ad, I guess he meant to write ad, and add unnecessary details or would trail off into another story. Okay. I'm not sure if she's fully aware of it at all. How would I go up bringing it up to her in a way for it to not, for it not to insult her? 
I know. Exhale. Listen, women put up with so much shit, you just have to listen to them. Rebecca is red right now. You just have to listen to them. Just listen to whatever they are saying and whatever details they are using. Just, like, shut up and listen. I don't know what to tell you. She's a sweet girl. She's great. You seem like you're happy. Uh... Just listen. What's too much? You said talks a bit too much. Yeah. So what's that? Well, that's the other thing is like we don't know. I mean, she could literally be saying what she had for lunch and this guy's like getting riled. I have right. no, I have no idea. But I don't care. You know what? I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't care if she's describing every single ingredient in that sandwich and every single hundred of bite that she took. You listen to that shit. Just listen. Do you want to fuck or not? Yes. Listen to that. Come on. Listen. It's tough because, you know— one of my biggest things that I always get is like, I love that you're opinionated. And I'm like, this is a word yeah. that we use as a superlative, but honestly, is you never hear like a man is opinionated. No, I, I, I felt like you're just a human being. I don't even actually think you're that opinionated, to be honest with you. No. You're just a woman. I just happen to say yeah. things and stick by them. Correct. Thank you. Because opinionated has the connotation of like, I don't like this, and also I don't like this. And no. Here, you know, and you just go on. There is a chance that this woman is a monster. Sure. That just likes to hear herself talk. Sure. And you're going to have to deal with that with your therapist. Like, that's yeah. not on us. You can, If it's—okay, there's too much talk, and then there's, like, she is sitting there and just babbling. Yeah. Which means maybe she's nervous. Yeah. I have a friend but who's you, in an abusive relationship who babbles, and I think that's why. Oh, yeah. That could be. Um, we, listen, we can't—we can't—we can't give you every detail about this. But from the phrasing of the question, I would say, like, probably the advice is just, like, listen. Or if you got it like that— you can just be like, what are you talking about? And hopefully she's cool enough to be like, I have no idea. Yeah. I will sometimes rant about – I'll go on rants about something that I think is important. And if I see my husband start to trail off, I'll be like, excuse me, you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? And he'll be like, uh-huh. I'm like, okay, good. Back to me. So sometimes it's just important that she gets it out versus you even agreeing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't, Listen, I didn't say actively listen. Just yeah. listen. That's just, the thing. Oh, yeah, passively listen. You could totally passively listen. Yeah. I mean, you could do whatever you want in your own brain. No one's going to know. Don't we do that most of the time anyway? I do it, I would say, 87% of my life. Yeah, man, so the answer is sack up. I'm assuming you're a man. You could you could be a lesbian. Yeah, that's true. That's a, yeah. I'm assuming, but I don't think a woman would write this in. No. You just got to deal with it the way you deal with your coworkers. You'd be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, totally. All we need is to know that you're alive. Mm, that's it. Just yeah. having a pulse. Yeah. Breathing. Just yeah. grunt it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot slash Eliza. I'm busy and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby, I'm back to work, I'm at meetings, I'm on tour, I'm running around and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. 
Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Okay, this is a good one for you. Okay. Underscore, again with the underscores. You started with an underscore serial killer. At underscore ESOZ, E-S-O-Z says, how do you maintain a strong career in your 20s as a woman when there's so much pressure to get married and settle down and give up your dreams for kids? You gave a decade of your life, well, to me, to comedy, and it paid off so much, but knowing what you know now, would you have done things differently? What do you think young women in their 20s should prioritize also, if you read this, I love you. I love you, too. Okay. So f- to my question to you is how do you maintain a strong career in your 20s? This is basically about societal pressures. Yes. And which, this expectation. Yeah, which I felt, too. I mean, like, I remember I remember being a teen. Like, I never thought that I would have the career I have, ever. Like, I remember being a young teen and thinking, like, I want to be, I want to have three kids. I want to be done having kids by the time I'm 30. Like, it was a joke. Right. Um, like a true Just joke. Rip your but body that, in half. But that was like, like, like I was like a nice Jewish girl, like growing up in these. Like that was the narrative I heard about what I was supposed to want for my life. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't wrong. It was just that, like, that made a lot of people happy. Mm-hmm. Um, made a lot of people in my family happy. I, I think, and also the other thing I want to say is like, look, if those are the things you really want for your life, there's no shame in that. Like, there's no shame in getting married young and having kids and like making that your life at all. At all. Like, I'm not here to tell anybody how to live. If if there are, like, real, true professional things that you want and you feel drawn in that area of your life, I mean, I, like, I just think you sort of have to, like, follow the flow of what feels right for yeah. your life. I, like, it's not it's not that technical. Like, I think you just have to move in the direction that's moving towards you. Somebody told me the other day, actually, that, like, the— I don't even know where this would come from, but, like, the definition of adventure is, like, moving towards that, which is moving towards you. And I feel—yeah, I feel like that's just so much of life is, like, where is the energy? Like, where is it vibrating? Move towards that. Mm -hmm. If if it's—you know, and— and that's sort of what I've always done in my life. Like, it's what I've done in my 20s. It's what led me to this point in my life and my career. And, um— I, I, yeah, I just think you sort of have to pay attention and see, like, what areas of your life are on fire and engage with those. Yeah, I think that also speaks to, you know, every girl knows you meet a guy when you're not trying. Yeah. But that's—I can tell you, I had this, like, period in my life where I, like, dated this crazy person. I was like, I don't want to date anyone. And I genuinely felt that for the first time in my life. I was like, I actually don't want to date anyone. Mm -hmm. And it was only because I leaned into that and dug into, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to take a vacation? Do I want to sit Like, what can I do to make me happy Mm -hmm. that uh, men all of a sudden were like, not all of a sudden, I'm not like a humpback shrew, but all (laughs) of a sudden we're like, I want to date you. Yeah. Because I was so focused on just making myself happy and that vibration attracted other things. So I do think there's that thing where we want everything and as women we're conditioned to want to do everything. I know I like to do a billion things at a time, but there's nothing— the universe likes less than pushing. Yes. And, or people, you know, if like I'm doing a project and it's like, yeah, they're just not responding and you keep pushing the, it's a closed door. It might open later. Mm-hmm. It's like, we'll go to another door. So yeah, if you are not dating anyone, like the idea of forcing it just to have a kid for the sake of doing it. Yeah. No. When you're enjoying your career so much. I thought about that last night. I was trying to fall asleep and there was like a weird wolf in the distance, I'm guessing it's a coyote making the weirdest coyote noise, and it woke me up. It wasn't like, Ranch. yeah, it wasn't. And what's so sad is that she wasn't awake, and so I made a noise so that she would wake up and hear it because I didn't want to be alone. <laughs> I know. 
It was like she's here right now with us, just lying on the floor. She's so exhausted because she got no sleep after I woke Aww. her up. The point is, I started thinking. I was like, if I ever have kids, if I have a kid at like thirty-seven, mm-hmm. I will be forty-seven when that kid is ten. And I and then I did the math wrong, and then I was like, I'll be sixty-seven when they're twenty. Gross. And then I realized it was fifty-seven. But I think the, the the thing about that is that you can't. There are no guarantees in this life. Like my parents had me relatively older my mom was 37 my dad was 40 and like knock on wood they're still like they're like yeah. kicking and whatever and amazing i've like i've had friends who lost their parents in their 50s like it's yeah. just that's the thing and that's the other but like more globally there there are no guarantees so you so it's even more reason to go with what's vibrating in your life and like what feels good and just follow that because like if you do something that's like quote safe or makes sense or whatever there's zero way of telling whether that's gonna, even going to work out you also won't grow from it and then you will be kicking yourself yes. i'd rather I don't really really believe in regrets. I mean, there's things that I'm, like, not pumped that I did, but, like, whatever. Yeah. I'd rather look back knowing that I gave it my all. Yes. That's what's going to kill you is knowing that you could have done something and you didn't. Yes. And I'm sure you'll find things to be fulfilled by, but you, if you don't go after your dreams, you will always think about it. Yes. Like, I will always think about the fact that, like, I never never got on SNL. (laughs) I think about it. I don't think about it that much. You know what I don't— You don't think about it that much. You know what I don't think about ever? Is that I had an abortion. I never think about that child. Yeah. I yeah. was like, done. Yeah. Done. And that sounds indelicate, but like, no, that was not. Onward. Not my path. No. But we don't want to talk about this abortion. Um, Missy Ashley Pants. Why do other girls get to drive with their windows down and their hair is still Yorkie level flawless when they arrive to Coachella or whatever the hell they're going? But when I do it, I look like Doc from Back to the Future. Asking for a friend. Okay, but you obviously said it was you. So everybody knows it's you. Everybody knows you have gross hair. I am one of those girls. You have thick hair. Yeah, I have thick hair. Very thick hair. So, so wait, yours blows like lovely in a in a convertible. You're like rock, that's like sexy mm-mm. for you. No, no it's because everywhere. I don't have thick hair. So it's wispy and it's all in the eyes and it's wispy is putting it strongly. I I'm sorry, it's putting it mildly. Remember in Ghostbusters that <laughs> painting of Vigo the Carpathian and it was like blown back hair, yeah. blonde yeah. hair. I have Tom Petty hair. I saw your Instagram story the other week where you were talking about like you were asking whether it was like cool like chick like young mom or like. White trashy with the with the like with the sort of like naturally dried oh wisp thing happening. I I, have, I I think you have great hair. You have a lot of hair though. No, well it's kind of long right now. It's this. It's long right now. It's this like tip of a paintbrush. Yeah. I just don't have. I have very fine hair and I don't have. I'm not like it's not like an alopecia issue. Like I just don't have like Jewish hair. Like you've got like Jew thick, like full Jewish hair. I don't have yeah. fully Jewish hair. I don't I don't want my hair blowing around though. Like I'm not one of those girls who let like I'm not that cool. I'm mm-hmm. like, if I'm in a convertible, like, I want, I want, like, a pony. T- First of all, I hate convertibles. I have zero interest in being one. I don't think that I've been in one since my friend had one in college. Like, I, I don't they're care about that. They're overrated and they're unsafe. They're overrated. They're unsafe. Um, I'm just not interested in that. Like, you know what? I don't want, like, I don't want to be one of those girls who shows up to Coachella and their mm. hair. And also, like, I don't even know if that is accurate. To be honest, that girl like, probably doesn't exist. Wh- like, how do you know what the span of time is between when she's getting out of that convertible and she's taking that Instagram picture on the field? Right, that could be an hour and a half in a bathroom with a comb and a blow dryer and like a team. You don't know a team. You don't know. Your hair would hold up better because it's thick and so it's heavy. It's heavy, so it would flow and it wouldn't like get turned into one candy can cotton candy knot like spiral. Yes, mine. It would just be like blown back and whatever. Um. Yeah, I don't have this desire for wind in my hair probably because I know how bad it will look. That being said, I think this is you just because you—first of all, I don't want to go to Coachella. No, zero. I've never been. I have zero interest in doing it. The other thing is, like, what what is our obsession as, like, as women with, like, defying, like, just, like, the natural order of, like, gravity and wind? It's like wind <laughs> is supposed to fuck up your hair. Like, it doesn't—like, we don't, we don't need to have it not. That's just a thing that happens. That's just, like, what wind does. Wind blown. Yeah. 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 It's some movie, some movie shows somebody in a convertible and she was perfect. And because it was a movie, it worked for her. Yes. And then, of course, everyone makes fun of like, I can't be that girl. No one is no that one girl. No one is that girl. It will make your hair knotted. Yeah. You will get hair in your lip gloss. Yes. You will get a sunburn. Yeah, that's for sure. You will get bugs. Oh, there's a windshield, but not if you're like standing But definitely up. the sunburn thing. Uh, by the way, also, everyone should just wear a sunscreen all the time. Just, just like isn't? PSA. You know who isn't? My sister. 
She's really? like 21. I didn't either when I was 21. I, yeah, I guess I didn't when I was that young. So listen to your elder millennials. We're telling you. Yeah, we're telling you right now. Wear sunscreen. Put on, I put it on every day. I bought like an expensive one so I could feel good about what it. What was that song when we were younger that it was like, they, they was giving like all advice. It was like the vitamin C graduation song oh. or whatever. And it was like, wear sunscreen. Oh, yeah. right. I never listened to the talk part. Yeah, the talk part said wear sunscreen. And I'm telling you now. She was 17 very years later. It's still true. 17 years later. Rebecca Searle actually was vitamin C, so I'm just letting you guys know. <laughs> exactly. She moved on in her career. Um, but it also sort of speaks to the idea that as we are beholden to this Hollywood writer's image of what a perfect— and I'm saying that not trying to make eye contact with you because you're a Hollywood writer— but image of what a perfect girl is or yes. what beauty is yes. when really it that actually doesn't exist it for does the most exist. part. No. Not even for those actresses. No. No. Um— but there is always that, you know, if you look at Instagram, and I was saying this to someone the other day, even with a full education and my wits about me, I still get brainwashed into thinking that's how those women look. Oh, for sure. So if there's probably no hope for anyone. But that's like, I mean, the, the, the photo you see is like 400 deep. Right. With like a professional photographer and a whole thing. And lighting. And lighting. And a team. Yeah. I, I mean, social media is killing us, but. Social media is killing us definitely Slowly. Slowly. I just snorted. I no, why. I love it. It was like I was excited about saying something, and then I don't know what it was. But I do like the other side about it is that there are people who just show reality, and it's a great tool for communication. And I'm like, where I think we're both addicted to Insta stories. We do them constantly. We're addicted, and I've gotten like scolded by my team. They're like, you know, if you have, two, I call them my baby teeth. Like when I have like a lot of stories, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if you have too many people don't click through. I'm like, this is not for them. It's not for this them. is for it's me, for me. as a performer. I know somebody recently that that like I that I'm engaged with professionally said that I should be like it should be, I should be more mysterious or whatever. Like I shouldn't like reveal everything. And I'm like, I don't. Mm. It's not about the people who watch. Like I like it. I share what I want to share. It's fun for me. Yeah. Why do we have to regulate yeah. everything? No. I do agree with you. That it is an experience. And I understand that there's, like, certain um, bandwidths people have. Like, Netflix is, like, you can't have a special more than 80 minutes. People turn it off. I understand there's certain yes. logistics. But, but that's, like, produce. That's a. I think that's a different thing. That's, like, produce content. Like, I feel like Insta Stories is more. It's, yeah, it's an experiment. We're listen. seeing. Yeah, I also think, you know, we also love to hate watch. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it when people act like they're not trying but are trying so hard. Yeah. Everybody's got those couple people that they look at. Oh, and for you're sure. just like, I hate this person. You know those people also that, like, you don't you don't follow because you're like, I don't I just I don't like, want to give wanna, them. Yeah, I don't yes. want to give them that. And, like, I don't Oof. want this in my life. But you still go there. Uh, first of all, now Instagram has it so that they're in your search tab. So, like, if you click to search, it's, like, the first thing you see. Yeah, and it's in your um, – Explore button. Yeah. Like I, in your explore button. I clicked on a couple Cardi B videos. Like, it's all I get now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just her up Cardi B. talking about garbage. Yeah. I definitely think there is that, like, hate-watching aspect. So, really, it's it's all good. Yeah. Whether whether watching for good or bad reasons, you're still watching. You're still so watching. Like, I don't think you're funny. I'm like, you still watched it. Yeah. Like, you still know. I see like, those numbers. Yeah, I see those fucking numbers. Yeah. That being said, um, I recently have been experiencing back problems. From holding my phone. Oh, interesting. It's too much. It's too much. I actually, I get muscular migraines like I have for a while. Oof. They're more like hormonal than anything What's else. What's a muscular migraine? It just means, like it's a migraine, but it means it starts in your neck. Oh. So your neck gets like all tight. It, it comes from there. They're really horrible. <sighs> I've been seeing this like rolfing guy in New York who's amazing. Rolfing? It's like deep tissue. This is a very sidebar, everybody. It's like very deep tissue massage, but it's like, uh, it's it's. But he's rolling on the floor. It's extremely <laughs> painful. Um. But no, yeah, no, he's not. I'm, I'm like hysterically crying. But um, you where are always going smiling with this? when you talk, so I can't tell what <laughs> affects you. True. You're like I'm hysterically crying, and this is a horrible thing to talk. I don't remember what it, what was it. Where was I going with this? We were talking about deep tissue massage, and I was. Oh, you're, you're having back problems. So <laughs> I think that I think that the the phone definitely like exacerbates the muscular migraines. Because you're constantly percent. hunched over in this weird position. Hunched over. My eyes, I get headaches now because I'm because st- I have to answer all yes. these DMs because people keep sending me pictures of their dogs. But why do you have to? Why do you have to answer? That's the other thing. It's like you engage an extraordinary amount. Like yeah. talk to me about why you feel like okay. you have to do it. So <laughs> okay, I will. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, I started a contest to win tickets just as a way to like promote the special. So right. I did like a Who's the Baby contest and I did a Baby Like contest. So I do feel as a content producer, if I'm mm-hmm. calling myself that, when you put forth a mandate and you want people to engage. If you don't engage back, then it's like, why did you do that? Right. That being said, the contest is over, and I did. I like to have a clean inbox in my DMs because I've always been able to do it, and now I can't. 
and I can't answer everything. You can't. There's no way. So you won't always get an answer back from me, and I can't make everyone happy. No, you, it's it's not possible. Mm-hmm. And then you and then you make nobody happy because you get sick and it's, totally. Yeah, my it's my bad. head hurts. Yeah, my head hurts real bad. Mm. It hurts so bad. Baby. It's not a muscular migraine, but it gets really bad. Here's a question. Okay. Oh, and this is actually goes to the other one. I should have attached these two. I should have done a better job as hosting. Suzanne Faraday. Suzanne Faraday. What's the what's your best response to stop rude people in their tracks when they ask about my reproduction plans, of which I have none? Shifting shifting perspectives here. Um, I do have a fur baby. Who's the baby? Okay. Um yeah, Blanche. People call them fur babies. I'm not okay with the term fur baby. My friends have gotten dogs and all just lost their they get a dog, they lose their minds. Like I, fully lose their minds. I it's shocking. It's I, crazy. I lose my mind for her, but I don't say fur baby. I think I just don't I don't know. The question is, what's the best response to stop rude people in their tracks when they ask about your reproduction plans? Okay. I'm sure as a woman you get that. I know I get it. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not married, so I think that it, people a- people more ask me, like, when I'm settling down, when I'm getting married. It's le- Like, that seems to be the next step. I yeah. think, so people don't ask me that as much. Um, what do you say? Honestly, it's interesting. At first, I was irritated, and then I realized, oh, no, this is just like your question about when you're getting married. It's just the natural next yes. question to ask. Yes. Women in particular. We do ask men, like, why are, you know, do you have a girlfriend? Yeah, and why that's are you okay. down? The baby thing, I began to realize it was because people want me to write jokes about it, and I've had people be like, we're excited for you to have a baby. And I don't— Because people have grown up with you, yeah. and they want, they, they're at that life stage now, and they want you to reflect it. They want that, but also— it is creeping in. Like, my mother never asked me about it before. My whole life, she was never that Jewish mother. And now right. she's like, maybe a, a baby. But As don't if you I'd think forgotten. that's gotten—that's, like, uh, gotten, like, exacerbated since you got married? Yes. Yes. It's yeah. so much more. Right. So I have to remember that people are asking it out of love, and it's not out of, like, well, remember mm-hmm. taking that. But it's kind of like, I think I'm going to approach it the way I approach marriage. I'm like, I will figure it out when I do. Yes. And that is my— and You'll I move towards that, which is moving towards you. It's not here yet. When it is, you'll engage with it. Well, and that would be my answer. It's not here yet. And when it is, I will engage with it. <laughs> I feel like when guys ask me, specifically in an interview setting, I'm like, what? So the four hours of comedy I created with my mind isn't enough yeah. to talk about? You have to—do so you have kids? Do you want kids? Right. I'm like, who are you? I did—I I experienced that when I sold Famous in Love, like when I sold the show. People people would ask me, like, that's so great. And, like, you know, like, are you seeing somebody? That was a question I got a yeah. lot. Like, seeing, and I'm like, I just—like, I Why? just created my own television. You would never ask—I uh-uh. was 29 at the time. Like, you would never ask a 29-year-old man who just created their first show— yeah. Like, oh, so, like, are you seeing anybody? Like, when are you thinking about doing that phase of your life? You'd be like, look at this. You should bang a bunch of chicks. Seems like you're going to be successful Or what's your next project? Or tell us about these characters. I think that women do a big part of our focus is relationships. We are the relationship-oriented sex. Like, I totally get it. I'm not going to pretend it's not that. But it is, if you're a journalist listening or anything like that, uh, you don't get creative points for asking me a rote question about my reproductive... uh, Rights, rights, reproductive uh, plans and relationships. I was like, yes, we want to talk about who we're dating, who are like, that's fun. But also, if this is a professional thing, like, I never want to talk about it in a professional setting. Like, I don't either. Zero. I never, ever want to talk about it. Maybe if like I have some kind, like I, you know, we hit it off after. Yes. But I never want to talk about that in an interview. That you never have to ask me that. What What are you gonna say that I don't know? I'm like, he's a chef. Oh, he's a chef. So are you eating all the time? I'm like, yes, I fucking am, and I've gone up two pant sizes. Next question. She's so skinny. You, you, you are. It's. I don't even understand how that's possible. I'm not even going to do the girl thing where I talk about how gross I feel because I get that in relation to some people. I am thinner, but I just, I don't even wear my jeans. I'm wearing sweatpants now because I'm like, it's just fun. They look cute, though. They have to. Okay. Because I'm not putting them too hot to wear some jeans. It is hot here. It's hot We're here. in hot Los outside. Angeles. It's been, yeah, hot. Why? Because everything's on, on fire. fire. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Go to bolinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza. For 15% off, exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Everything's on Fire. The next question is, and this is actually, somebody asked me this, but I really think you should answer this because you are an, an actual, I wrote a book and it was hard, but you're like an author. Like you understand tense shifts and comma placements. So here's the question. Okay. Lugar mm-hmm. says, how do you start writing your books? They wrote books, which is where I only had one. Do you write from the beginning to the end or come up with a concept and build around it? Also, do you write a little bit each day or set it aside? They want to know. They were asking me, but I'm asking you as an author, you have five books. True. So that means you've done the work. And they, you don't have a ghostwriter. It's you writing it. It is me. It's you sitting somewhere fabulous, like in France. You just, always think that, like, I do cool stuff. It's, you it's, do. No, you always say this to me. I, 100% of the time, I'm just, like, sitting in a lipon. In a what? Lipon quotidian. See, I'm going to butcher oh, that. Oh, lipon. Okay. Yeah, that's, like, all I do. I thought you meant, like, lupon, and it was, like, a Hawaiian, <laughs> no. like, a lanai, but different. See, that's exactly. You make everything I say fancy. It's not. Rebecca underscore, which bothers me, Searle, S-E-R-L-E, follow her and her stories because she's like, maybe I'm in New York, maybe I'm in L.A., I'm in this fabulous estate, I'm drinking tea. (laughs) Like, you are living in a Nancy Myers movie and writing at all times. It's my dream. So the question is, how do you write your books? How do I write my books? Um, This is a great question. I, so I'll sort of just lay out my process, Um, and it's, it's, over the over the years, it's gotten to be like kind of the same. It's sort of the same for every book. What I what happens is like I'll have an idea, and I'll just sort of free write. Like I'll free write for about thirty pages. I call that like writing my way in. Like I'll just see like who are these characters? What is the story? Where does it take place? Like who best to tell it? All that sort of stuff. What tense do I think it's going to take in? Although I, most of my books are first person. Um, and then I'll stop after those thirty pages, and I'll sort of stop down, and I'll look at that, and like pull out the major key things that I think are working in it, and then I will make a list of maybe like the plot points that happen from that point to the end of the book. I do not outline because I don't believe in it. Because like really, this is, yeah, this is so corny, but. The best the best thing about writing is that sometimes it feels like reading. Like sometimes it feels like you're waiting to find out what happens next and you're with your the characters. And it would just like it would really crush me if I took that away from myself. Like I just I see no point in writing a book where you already know every single detail of what's coming mm-hmm. and there's no magic in it. Like I, that that to me is just like the height of tedious. Like huh. I could never do it. Um, and I'm also quote you like next thing yeah. I write I'm like Rebecca Searle doesn't use outlines <laughs> give a million dollars also I'm terrible at them like there's some people who I'm so bad and I hate it like I'm yeah. just please don't make me but I'll make sort of like a rough list of plot points that I think I have to hit 
Um, and then I write. I, my books are short. I, I know, like, Stephen King— Oh, by the way, also, my writing advice to anybody is, like, buy Stephen King's On Writing and, like, study it. It's the best book on craft that has ever been wow. published. Um, bird by Bird is also very good. But I, What's I, it called? Bird by Bird. Bird it's also by very, Bird. Very good. But I also, I just, Stephen King's on writing is amazing. Um, and because it's Stephen King, like it reads like a page turner. But anyway. Is it scary? Uh, like sometimes. Men, writing can be very frightening. Red pen. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But he says that he, like his books are super long and you cut down. That's just not, that doesn't come naturally to me. My books are, like I have to crawl to the finish line and then all of my edits end up broadening my novels out. But over the years, I've just gotten comfortable with the fact that that's the way I write. So that's my ge- that's my general process. Like I would say to anybody has an, who has an idea, like don't don't start like planning and thinking or whatever. Just like write it. Just write, write it. Write it. Get Writers in there and write. see exactly. Get in there and see what it is first, and then take it from there. I found my writing process for Girl Logic to be very labored because I was like, I don't know. I just I don't know. I don't. I only have thirty five pages, and yeah. then and yeah. Then, but I think what your process for writing, which is your own process, totally. Same for stand-up because people are always like, how do I, would I do it? You just do it. You just do it. Just go. Yeah. How do I work out? Just go. Just start mm-hmm. running. Mm-hmm. I think that honestly is the first, the hardest step of actually putting it into motion. Yeah. Pen to paper, mouth to mic, foot to pavement. Yes. And just, and then you find, oh my God, I am actually doing it. Absolutely. Be- I, w- I went to a Tony Robbins workshop like a decade ago. And mm-hmm. one thing he said that always really stuck with me that I really liked was that momentum is hard to get and easy to lose, but also easy to maintain. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's real. Like, and that speaks to your point. Like the hardest part is starting the thing. Yeah. If you start the thing, you can just continue the thing at not an extreme amount of effort. But, but, it's, all, but it's also easy to lose. Object in motion stays in motion. That's right. Tends to stay in motion. That's right. Um, I also think, I also am a big believer in not forcing it. Mm-hmm. There are days, mm-hmm. and I, maybe it's a little bit of procrastination where I'm like, well, I've got to clean up this desk if I'm going to do that and I'd like to have everything else. But I actually am the kind of person, I need silence. I need a mm-hmm. chunk of like five hours where mm-hmm. I know I have nothing. Um, and then I can kind of get into it. And like, I have something that I have to write at home and I, I, your brain will let you know when it's ready. You will not put it off forever, but if you force it, you'll be like, this isn't funny. This Absolutely. isn't good. You have to, you can't force it. I think this is sort of the, the theme of what we've been talking about today is like, don't force it. Like, mo- like mm. fe- it really. Yeah. And I feel that too. And I also think that writing cycles can be long. Like yeah. I, I was, I was working on the show for three and a half years and obviously it was a lot of writing, but it was a different kind of writing and it was a lot of production. It was a lot of things that were not just sitting down writing a novel. Yeah. I didn't write for like two years, and it wasn't it wasn't until like nine months after we wrapped the show that I even started a new book. So I think that I think that cycles can be long. I'm not listen. I think if you're actively working on a project, writing every day is a good idea because, like we're saying, it keeps you in that momentum. But I'm also not one of those people. Like I agree, you can't force it. You can't force you it. You can't force it. Speaking of forcing it, which reminds me of going to the bathroom. Your Paul Danes, your pal Danes, good dog, Eliza. What is the right thing to say when someone knocks in a public restroom stall, knocks on a public restroom stall, and you're still inside? Um, like, I'll do it. We'll act it out. Okay. You be in the in the bathroom. Okay. I've got to pee. What's the Someone's first? in here. Oh, that was so pleasant. I'm a pretty pleasant person. Your voice is already kind of high-pitched, like a very girly it voice. Is. I've been went, trying to work on it. No, it's great. It went up an octave. It, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just like, a, that's like a reflex. It's, it's like your, someone knocks your elbow and your like, arm extends out. I think it's a reflexive thing as a woman yes. to just get nicer. Yes. Sorry. I'm sorry. But I'm here. Yes. Don't say, I'm, like, someone's in here, I think, is sufficient. Someone's in here. The, like, someone's in here. Someone's in here. Someone's in here. Okay, you do me. Okay. Okay, wait. Okay. Okay, I'm in the bathroom. Okay. Go. No! Okay, that's good too. <laughs> that's great. The dog keeps looking up. Blanche. No, I say? think that's my. She's like, I just pee wherever. <laughs> um, there, and then there's that look where, like, if it's a single occupancy mm-hmm. bathroom and then they come out, if they've taken a while, I'm like, I'll just give them a look. Yes. And obviously, like, it's, you've got to poop. Like, it's not like they're trying. Right. But I do think people are selfish. They're like, I'll just take a couple pictures. Yes. I'll take a couple texts. People are selfish. I also, like, I experienced this in elevators. Like, I will hit the door. It's, it's like, one of the sort of meanest oh. things I do. Close it. I'll try. I'll hit the door closed if I see mm. someone approaching the elevator. Mm-hmm. I hate riding in elevators with other people. Oh, 
Okay. I want to be alone in an elevator. I don't know what that is, but I don't. If somebody's like approaching the doors, I'll be like, oh, close, 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 close. Like there's something about the moment where somebody has to like get in and maybe like the doors are closing and then they have to extend back out. And all of a sudden you're like 10 seconds deeper into this whole thing. It's a whole thing. That bugs me. Okay. So. I cannot begrudge you that because I have that for other things. Yeah, that's my thing. I will. My buddy Steve, who's a comic, Steve Simone, he's got his own podcast. He said something to me one time because I – we have Jewish brains, you and yes, I. And so it's everything. Do. You know, if you watch Seinfeld, if you watch anything from Larry David, it's this constantly noticing everything, dealing with it, internalizing it at all times. And my buddy Steve said to me one time, he just goes, you don't have to notice everything. So good. And I carry that with me because part of our jobs as creators, as authors, as comics <laughs> – you're an author, I'm a comic – is – to observe things, yes. and I take pride in it when someone's like, did you see that? I'm like, yes, I did. She's wearing a brown shirt. She said something really weird. I saw that. Right. Photo is weird. I We naturally do it, but it's more about we don't have to take on yes. the awkwardness. Yes. I don't have to make eye contact. Sometimes I – and I don't like this in other people because I'm like, how are you this unaware? I will walk through a lobby with tunnel vision, mm-hmm. and I will just get on the elevator, and I'll just keep looking down. My thing is more like I like to get where I'm going quicker. It's not about – I don't care if I ride with people. It's just don't stand in my way. I'm busy. I'm going. And by kind of tunnel visioning, like with like horse blinders, it's a lot less energy expended. I think that that's very – I think that's extremely healthy actually. Thank you. Finally like someone I, I don't said think – I just – I don't – you you can't – you you cannot take on every, everything, particularly in this age. And I, and I also think like this is a lot of social media too. It's like we're constantly – everyone is like pay attention to my life. Pay attention to my life. Yeah. Pay attention to every single detail of my life. And yes, you're right as – as, like, writers and creators, we do—we want to notice the things around us because, like, whatever. We want to reflect them or whatever. But I I, I call it selective ignorance. Mm. And I do it a lot with, like, new technology. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm like, the worst with, like, what do you call it? Luddite? Is that what it's called? Like, you a person can, who can't? Yeah. Like, I don't even know what the term is. Totally. The Luddite. Yeah. Like, I'm terrible at it. And— I, like, it's selective ignorance. I'm like, I don't want to learn that new app or that thing that's going to, like, quote, make my life easier because my life is easier by not knowing it exists. Like, that's how my life is easier. So I think that that's, I think that's healthy. I think we all have to practice that well, a little bit more. I think it's also we can't be learning. You're not in charge of Apple. No. It's not on to you to consume everything at once. No. Maybe it'll make it easier. Maybe not. Maybe, you know, like, your parents get along just fine with their flip phones. Yes. Like, you kind of get, I think it's part of aging, to be honest, is mm-hmm. that you're like, I don't know what the kids' apps, and I don't have to know. Nobody's expecting. Me too. Yes. Um, I also think about that. There's these Instagram videos that are like uh, like life hacks, which everybody took from TED Talks, but they're like DIY life hacks, right? Things to make it easier. But it's always like, you know, like a soda, like a Coke bottle cap isn't a bottle cap. And they show you how you can drill a hole and stick plastic through it, and it's a bird feeder. I'm like, or you're just surrounding yourself <laughs> yeah, with garbage. Garbage. It's not a hair tie, it's a chip clip. I'm like, or it's garbage. Or it's garbage. And I don't need, and so you could, you'll start to amass all this garbage with the idea of like, I'll make a craft one day, and then you're on hoarders. So you don't have to do everything you at once. You don't have to do everything at once. I do think that there is a freedom in when you see something weird happening because I'm an empath, so I will take on the energy of something. Like if you are having – like if you're really upset and we're close, I will feel that mm-hmm. and I will feel upset for you and that's a lot. It's emotionally – like I yes. go to bed exhausted just from absorbing other people's emotions and there is a freedom if like an awkward thing is happening at an airport or nearby or somebody's de- – just turning your back. Mm-hmm. And walking away, and all of a sudden, that doesn't exist. Yeah, this is not about not helping kids that are poor. This no. is not, but this is in a moment. Somebody's in. A, you don't have to help everyone. Not everything's your problem. Just turning your back and then open your eyes and realize I'm not facing them. It's not mm-hmm. there. And you can't. I, like I think this is a thing that's happening a lot. I think with with technology, we see every single. We see everything that happens in the whole world, right? Mm-hmm. Like somebody dies across the country. We know we see everything. Yeah. And part of that is really good because we have awareness of what's going on and that's important. But I also think that we are losing a little bit of tending our corners, which I think Ooh. is important. Like tend your corner. Check in with the people that are physically actually in your life. Like mm. your friends, make sure they're okay. I think we we are so concerned with sort of the like uh, what do you call it? The What's the opposite of the myopic? The like the, the micro. Yeah. Oh, or, the no, opposite of myopic is expansive. Exactly. Like we're so concerned about sort of the whole that I think we've lost a little bit of of like community maintenance. With the micro, with the macro that we've lost the micro. We've lost the micro. And I think, I think like, I just, 
Uh, yes. Tend, well, your, your, tend your corner. I think it's important. Your argument is also like, oh, there's kids starving in Africa. I'm like, there's also kids starving in Los Angeles. Yeah. So, like, it'd be great to help all of it, but yeah. what will immediately—it's not even like one's better than the other, but you no. can probably affect the change locally. Hopefully that resonates globally, but, like, fine, send $10. Hopefully 50 cents of that gets to those kids, or you can volunteer Thanksgiving down at a mission here and watch— yes. Watch yes. it make a change. Yes. I think we all want to help so much, but it's like, what are you actually doing? Yeah. Like, what's actually going to come yeah. from that? Yeah, and, and also, like, if, if letting all of this into your life, if what it's doing is just making you terrified mm-hmm. and angry and whatever, you're actually doing a disservice to the people who are really in your life. Yeah, because like, you're miserable. Yeah, because you're miserable. Okay. This has nothing to do with that, but this is, what's the best and worst purchase you've ever made? I need to work on my transitions a little bit better. Ooh, but the best other one's and worst purchase. Here. Best, and that's a tough one because that's like in a whole life. I will tell you this, and I, I think I wrote about this in my book, so I'm not acting like this is like a fresh joke. Okay. Every year I buy a pair of white jeans, and every year I don't wear them. Okay. And every <laughs> year I end up throwing them out. Yeah. So that's the worst one because— Every year. How, for how many years would years. you say? Years. Just because— Like a decade. You're like, this is—now I'll do it. Right. And we're probably be the year. at the height of body acceptance and mm-hmm. in bigger thighs being okay. Amelia thighs aren't big. White jeans seldom look great. They're always dirty. But I buy them thinking I can become the girl in the convertible at Coachella. Yes. The narrative around white jeans is very strong. Absolutely. It is. The white mythology je- around white jeans. The mythology jean. around white jeans is very strong. Mm-hmm. You don't get that kind of lifestyle with blue jeans. White jeans, it's like it's a whole thing. You don't get that kind of style with blue jeans, but there is a distinct difference in the different difference in the different types of blue jeans, like dark denim. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Do, what yeah. office do you work in? What yeah. year is it? Yeah. Too light, and it's like, oh, do you not know that those are like bugle boy jeans? It's, it's a whole thing. There's a certain certain washes mm-hmm. are not okay, but white jeans, you got to be perfect or unaware of how bad you look in them, yeah. or just be Latin because I feel like they can all pull them off because tan skin against white jeans looks great. White skin against white jeans just looks. It's a different thing. It's a different thing. It's, different. it's not great. It's not great. Um, that would be my not my worst ever. But it's up there. Yeah. I So I have this thing when I sell a project, um, like a book, show, whatever, um, that I buy myself something that I really like because I like looking at that stuff. Like I like remembering it. Um, So when I sold my first book, a book called When You Were Mine, um, I took a trip to New Orleans with uh, two of my friends, and I got these, like, it was, like, the first, like, piece of art that I bought. There are these three three sculptures. You know those three monkeys, like, see no evil, yes. hear no evil? And they sit on my bookcase. They're bronze, and I love them. Um, and I bought this, like, piece of art that hangs over my bed um, when I sold Famous and Love the Books. Like, I like I like doing that. I think that they're nice markers. They're of, markers. I was just yeah, thinking that. Yeah, they're really nice markers of the things that you've done. And well, I— yeah. Yeah. Well, you stopped for a moment mm-hmm. to do something that would signify that, especially as women, we're, we're not told to celebrate ourselves. Right. I have these little rings that I would buy every time I did something, and then I stopped buying them because I was like, I can't have that many. <laughs> that many rings. <laughs> no, I just—they're from forever ago. Also, like, you don't want a bunch of rings on one hand. Um, and I think there's—even if you, you don't have the money to buy something, but, like, you get something at work or something good. You yes. Know, even if it's you buy your— Ronda Rousey had a post the other day, and it's her in three different pictures holding three different types of awards or belts. Yes. And she was like, I looked at these pictures, and I've decided I'm entitled to all the ice cream I want this week. I love that. And it's like, yeah, you'll probably be unhappy about that in, like after a couple of bites. Yeah. But giving yourself a break. Giving yourself a break. I did it. Well, you know this because we've talked about it a lot. But I went on like a, like a two-week book tour earlier in the summer, and I did like 12 cities in 14 days, and it was challenging for me, but as looked, you know. But it looked so nice. Um, but I told myself, I was like, you're allowed to have M&Ms on any flight you want. Like any flight you want. And right. you know what? It was a nice thing. It was it's a, a nice, nice addition to what was a challenging few weeks for me because I, I don't like flying every day. Well, what's interesting about that, just a sidebar, 
in-flight rules are different than on-the-ground rules in terms of what— oh. Like, I don't normally drink wine. No. At, I like, mean, airports are like, it is a whole— It's it's just dads on yeah. business trips, like, it's Margarita Monday. <laughs> yeah, you're like, all it's, right. It's like when people go to a lake. They're like, it's lake yeah. rules. <laughs> lake life. Yeah, I'm a Jew, so we don't really do, like, the lake. No. But it's like, different. I see that on Instagram a lot. Hashtag lake life. It's lake girl. We're at the lake. Leave your problems. We're at the lake. I think I've been to a lake like twice my whole life. I'm not getting in a lake. <laughs> no. Okay. And then, so, okay, so then best or worst purchase. Uh, I don't know best. You know what? Here's my best purchase. Yeah. And this is tried and true. I purchased myself. I was in O'Hare years ago, and I stopped at the Bose headphone store, and I bought myself a pair of noise-canceling earbuds. Not the big coffee can mug that everybody wears on their heads because beats are cool. Earbuds, because you can't sleep on your head. Right. Um, and it's a, it's a game changer. On a plane, in a hotel with, like, creaky oh, pipes. that's interesting. Uh, just if you don't want to listen to anyone sleeping at night, the smallest thing on the road will fuck up your schedule. They were $300. They never go on sale. I recently bought a new pair. They, okay. No, Bose, listen to me, please, if you're listening, Bose, noise-canceling earbuds. I got to get some of those. Change your life. Okay. 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 And now we do a segment. Yes. Because I felt like your best and worst purchase, they were, it was your best purchase. You talked about the monkeys. Yes. So I feel like that yeah. was your answer. And now it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the show, Top of the Cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Top of the cob. That's adorable. It's my, I wrote that. It's very cute. I like it. Thank you. You are adorable. Thank you. You called me cute the other night and I was like, I am. That's you so nice. You are cute. You're so cute. Thank you. I like to think I'm like a little creature. You are. With opinions. Top of the cob, because everybody knows the top of a cobbler, if you've ever eaten one, is the best part. It is. The bottom is fine, but, like, nobody really eats it for the fruit. You eat it for the bready, crusty top part. So top of the cob is we end this podcast. We talk about something that you love, which is the top of the cob. Yeah. And the bottom of the cob, which is one thing that you don't like. Okay. So despite the fact that we always tell people to prepare them, if I were a guest on a podcast, I'd be like, what? I didn't read your document. So I will go first. Okay, Feel free to think while I'm talking. Yeah, great. You can also stop down for a minute because this is also recorded. But I will say my top of the cob is when someone genuinely considers what you say. We all talk to each other and think about the thing that we're going to say. Very few people actively listen. But it is a really nice feeling when you're having a genuine conversation with someone. My Aunt Debbie is great at this. And I'll say, like, a perspective. I'm like, well, what about this? And she'll always say, like, okay, you know what? I didn't think about it. Like, let me think on that. Of course she means it. But even if you don't, just the idea that somebody actively listened and maybe changed their thought based on some input you gave is very gratifying. What I hate is when people are like, I did. I did that. I know. I know. I know. I, and I'm like, well, then why are we talking? Yeah. Since you've considered all angles yeah. of everything and you know everything. So my I top think you're top. a very good listener, I will say. I am. Thank you. You are a very good listener. You are. Thank you. Like, you, you, you do. I always feel that when I'm with you, that you're really taking in what I'm saying and you're thinking about it. And even today, made a lot of eye contact. I feel yeah. like this is, you know, Try to make you feel welcome. You. Thank you. But I also feel you deserve it. Some people are idiots. Um, or garbage, or I'm around them so much that yes. you have, like, a rapport where I can just talk over them. Right. I enjoy what you have to say because I find you funny. It's so nice. And I love when you say that. It's, like, my favorite thing you say to me. You're funny. It's the best. You have this, like, East Coast, like, everything's on fire, and I don't know. Like, you just go, and there's this, like, unapologetic sort of East Coast, like, this is how I feel, and this is what I want, and you know what? And that's it. So I respond very well to that, and I also want to make you feel, like, it's important that the people I respect feel respected by me. Like, I would never pull out my phone except to check the time, like, while we were talking. We had a whole dinner last week where we didn't look at our phones at all. I took my cue from you. I'm like, she didn't do it, so I'm not going to be the first. It was really nice. Yeah. It was civil. And then I got the best line ever. Everything's on fire. Um, So that's my top of the cob. Do you have a top of the cob? Yeah. This is, like, the most basic thing ever. But So I live half my time in L.A., but really, like, most of my time in New York. I'm, like, back and forth, but I, I say that I live in New York. For now. And people are constantly telling you, like, oh, my God, but the weather in L.A., but the weather, right? Mm. I've been here now for five weeks this trip. Like, I came at the end of July. And and um, I um, – the weather's really great, you guys. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, it is spectacular. Every single day has been banner. And I was just driving here this morning, and I was like, this is 
delightful. Mm-hmm. I, I, so, like, the weather in Los Angeles. I mean, yeah. it turns out, ev- like, it's true. It's just true. It affects your mood. It affects your mood. It's, like, it's joyful. It's blue sky. It, like, gets cool at night so you can, like, wear a wrap if that's what you're into. <laughs> you want to wear a wrap so bad. You love a wrap. I do love you a love wrap. You love a demure look. I love a, I love a demure look. Um, this is why I, kind of why I have to keep living in New York because here, like, I end up wearing just, like, like I'm dressed today, like, mm-hmm. jean shorts and a t-shirt because, like, that's just, like, you look like an asshole if you wear anything else here. True. But, like, in New York, I can, you know, I can, like, do an outfit. I think it's more respected in New York. Yes. Like, I saw a woman, I was at a bar with my mom. She came in head-to-toe fur, and it was like, she's fabulous. Yes. Here, would be like, what are you fucking wearing? What? Yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, so I do, I think the weather, I think also I have to leave L.A. to appreciate how mm-hmm. the, like, lack of struggle weather-wise. Yes. Like, we don't have to shovel our walkways. No. Like, it's fine. You can throw something yes. on and go. Yes. Right. And then you go to Santa Monica, you're like, ooh, a little chilly. Yeah. My bottom of the cob, and this is sacrilegious for a white woman to admit this, <laughs> or for a woman to admit it, I don't like wine tasting. I call bullshit. Interesting. And I think, again, this might have to do with being from Los Angeles because we're kind of spoiled with that mm-hmm. and just being from California. Mm-hmm. I don't love wine. A good bottle of wine, fine. I'll drink it, but I'm not—I don't like contributing to the archetype of, like, the 35-year-old white wine drinker, rosé right. all day. Like, I'm not a huge wine drinker. Wine tasting, you cannot differentiate the different varietals after, like, glass three. No. So it's just you schlepping around vineyard to vineyard. Oh, I'm trying olive oil. Oh, and all the things that go with it, the whole Californian, like, this is Dia de los Santos Ranch, and it is 800 years old, and try out wine. I don't want it. It's the whole thing is rote at this point, and I don't love wine that much. I went to recently on a bachelorette party to Napa, and so I we had, had my bachelorette party in wine country. Anyway, <laughs> we had wine tastings all day long, and our mm. first one was like at ten forty-five, and they just sit down like seven glasses, and it's like seven glasses of red wine. I was like, this isn't fun. This is no. torture. Yeah, and you have to listen to them. Yeah. Like, this is a ganache. Who decided this was a fun—it's seven different glasses of red wine. It's not even 11. Here's who it is. It's middle-aged couples who love to swing. <laughs> I was on a flight to San Francisco last week, and it was like a jet suite thing. So it was like, you know, like a chartered right. thing. Everybody there was in white jeans, and they were like middle-aged couples, and they were like horny and like ready to go. Like, we're going wine taste. We're going to swap partners. There's— a bon vivant, I guess, if I can say it, to wine yes. and that false yes. staff mentality. But my mouth gets raw and you get, start to get a headache. And I just, I'm not buying it. I don't, my bachelorette party was, we got, they got me a beautiful house like in Solvang. And then we yeah. went wine tasting. I don't know who told them I wanted to do that. I didn't. I brought my own thing of vodka. And I was Love like, it. I'm not drinking any of this wine. Yes. I will get my, the right kind of drunk privately. Right. And you and feel better the next day, too, because you were doing, uh, what you call it, when you— Keto. Yeah, exactly, when you when it was your bachelorette. Was I? I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 So— But you feel better with vodka, too. You for sure. Do. Yeah. Sugar. Eat less sugar, everybody. Eat less sugar. Your, your life expectancy. Yeah. We'll go up. So that's my bottom of the cob. Mine is, I think, also food-related. I Because I was thinking about this last night. I— so I have, a, I have like, a few friends who are, like, really big food bloggers on Instagram and, like, no knock. Like, I think it's, like, it's amazing and gorgeous. But it bothers me because I, I, I should not do this, but I look at my phone before I go to sleep at night. Like, I just, like, I'm, like, it's, like, my dead zone time where I'm, like, yes. scrolling through Instagram or whatever. I know this, this whole thing has been social media heavy. Forgive us. But, um, but food, like, I'll look at food pictures on Instagram and, mm. like, all of a sudden I'm, like, Grabbing a bag of popcorn or something from my kitchen. Yeah. It's like 11.30. Like, I'm not actually hungry. It's yeah. just that the pictures look really good and convince me that, like, maybe I am. And it triggers some kind of, like, mm-hmm. th- th- thing in your brain where you're, like, salves—what do you call those? Sal- salvage- salivating? Salivating glands or yeah. whatever they're called. I don't know what the terminology is. And it's annoying. It's annoying. Like, I think I snack more when I'm on Instagram. Interesting. There's also—it's like TV. Like, you're kind of just zoned out. Yeah, but it's the—it's really looking at the photos of the food. Like, it's yeah. the photos of the food. <gasps> then let me show you something. Okay. Uh, we're going to go because you've got to get—it's 1214, and I don't want to keep you, but I will say this. Okay. Have you heard of mukbang? No. Mukbang is a specifically Korean thing. It is people who live alone. This has nothing to do with the fact that you live alone. This is more the food. Yeah. They put on these noises of other people eating, specifically mass quantities of food, so they don't feel alone while they're eating. That was me starting in surprise. 
This upsets people. I happen to love the way it sounds, but I also love how much You're it upsets people. You're one of those people. people who likes to watch the people eating on the shows no. on the YouTube. I'm not that. I just not. said the YouTube. That's so embarrassing. Mom. I know. I'm not that, and I'm not ASMR, but you might like this. This is somebody eating a fried corn dog. No, I hate it. Turn it off. Okay, okay, It's okay. horrible. See, it makes me so hungry. Really? So hungry. No, it's just the photos. Okay. Okay. You will never—let me just let me give you some therapy. Okay. Look at me in the eye. You will never eat anything in your home that's as good as what you're looking at. That, so why bother? That's so accurate. It's so accurate. That's, that's your bottom of the cob. Yeah, that is. There's other people's food. Your book, The Dinner List, is out. Yes. It's so great. It's a delicious, whimsical, fun, like a breakfast at Tiffany's kind of feel. Thank you, my You love. know? And I think— because, like you said, everything's on fire and everything's about murder. This is fun. This is like cuddle up with a book mm-hmm. and just like enjoy the world of something decadent and lovely. And that's and you can read the dinner list. You can also watch. I don't know if you care anymore. Famous in Love. Sure. On Freeform, the episodes are available. And do you have like RebeccaSearl.com? Yeah, there's RebeccaSearl.com. But or, I'm mostly on Instagram. Go on Instagram, Rebecca underscore Searle. This is all on the info that we're going to post for this. She's got other books. And the dinner list is available on Amazon, yep. obviously. Everywhere books are sold. Self-published. You can get it in her garage. By local guys. By local guys. <laughs> Every books are sold. And thank you for being on, on Ask Why I love you. This is fun. I- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.